0: Welcome to Minister's Life and Work, brought to you by Bob Yonker. A Minister's Life and Work podcast strives to provide you with solid content with clarity and relevancy, providing you clear options of application to our culture and with an eternal purpose. We'll touch on a variety of discussions and topics that revolve around my life and work as a minister of a small rural church in Eastern Oregon. Some of these topics may include the Bible, the news, church culture, marriage, parenting, billiards, running, and even include some reviews of books i've been reading. i'll try to end each episode with three life applications. let's begin. between the years of 1992 to 1994 i had a blessed opportunity to work at Wendy's of Southern Oregon down in Grants Pass. it was a blessed opportunity because i i got to work with some incredible coworkers, learn some valuable skills, had a blast as a teenager had frosty fights and french fry fights. I also learned the incredible art of dipping french fries in chocolate frosties. Delicious. One of the valuable lessons that I learned while working at Wendy's was how to deal with dissatisfied customers. Oftentimes we would get, or I shouldn't say oftentimes, sometimes we would have a customer complain about their order. I know not too surprised. I get it. A customer would come up and complain that they didn't receive cheese where they were to receive cheese on their hamburger. Or they would ask for no condiments or certain condiments to be off and we would put them on. Or vice versa. Or they were charged more than what was supposed to be charged. And sometimes these customers would be very, very intense. And from those moments, I remember... I remember recalling in my mind that I would not be that customer who would be rude and disrespectful to a, an employee of a restaurant, a retail store, anybody that works in customer service because I have been on the receiving end of some intense discussions regarding complaints about their order. Regardless of how valid the complaint was, the rudeness and disrespect was memorable. And I didn't want to be that customer. Now, growing up, it wouldn't be too surprising that if I'd go out with my family to dinner and there was a, an item that was ordered or not ordered, it would be brought up to the waiter or waitress's attention. And maybe not a big scene, but at least it was a scene in which the waiter would be informed of an incorrect order. Each one of us in one time of our life, we'll, or have expressed, verbalized, or illustrated concerns, complaints, and criticisms to others. This episode will define the three C's, uncover the possible motives behind the person sharing the three C's, and some healthy responses of the three C's. You may be asking what the three C's are. The three C's are concerns, complaints, criticisms. The three C's. We've either received them, we've been on the receiving end of them, or we've been the one distributing the three C's, concerns, complaints, and or criticism. In my line of work as a senior pastor of a church, I experienced the reception of three C's in seasons. Weekend will be about 16 years. I say about because, uh, if I recall, I was hired on at the end of January and into February of 2007. 16 years. I can recall seasons of experiencing major three C's. They've come in maybe three or four year increments. Now, sometimes I receive minor C's, minor C's every couple of months. Maybe it's the selection of music or maybe someone was not greeted. But those are minor C's. Like an incoming tide of the Pacific Ocean, a few small waves and then a large sneaker wave can occur. As I've been taught when I was young, don't ever turn your back to the ocean because a sneaker wave may come. Get you and pull you out to the ocean. Well, the three C's can be very similar. Don't turn your back. Don't get too comfortable because the three C's will come for you. We'll call these the three C's of leadership. Three C's of dealing with people concerns complaints and criticism if you're a pastor you'll you'll have a sermon critiquer you'll have an event outreach complainer and uh, you don't visit me squeaky wheel in our midst i'm not referencing to the ideal person who i will bring up later on the brands but you'll have a a criticizer you'll have a a criticism that will be unwarranted drop at your lap this does not mean that the, that the complainer, the criticizer, or the concerner are mean-spirited, although sometimes they can be. It just means that they are really comfortable in telling you or others about what could have or needs to be corrected. They'll remind you of your mannerisms, like maybe adjusting your wedding ring while you speak, or maybe you touch the left or right side of the glasses too much or you pace a lot or the person that counts the vocalized pauses of uh uh, or um now let me help us in this discussion about the three c's and let's flush out the definitions a concern may be defined as an expression of worry or doubt over an issue considered to be important for which reassurances are sought A complaint may be defined as an expression of dissatisfaction, however made, about an action taken or lack of. A criticism, the expression of a disapproval of someone or something based on perceived faults or mistakes. The analysis and judgment of the merits and faults of a literary work or artistic work is also considered a criticism. Paul Wright wrote an article called Negative Communications, Complaints versus Concerns, October 16, 2020. Complaint, something that is the cause or subject of protest or outcry, expressed dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. A concern, to be a care, to be a care, trouble or distress to, anxiety or worry. So some may have a complaint about something. And it may rise up to a protest through an express satisfaction, dissatisfaction, excuse me, or annoyance about something. A concern. It worries them about something. It could be phrased like this way. I have a concern about this action. Or I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about the sermon. I'm con- or I have a complaint about... Now Paul Wright writes this about the focus between the two, a complaint and a concern. A complaints are generally self-focused. The complaint raised is one that directly affects the one who is complaining or their peer group. Rarely do you hear complaints about actions or decisions that impact someone who has no relationship to the one complaining. So a complaint can have this underlying current that the relationship is comfortable enough to address it. Now, there are complaints that are made. This is my discussion here, not Paul Wright, that you can have a complaint about the bathrooms being dirty, food being too cold, coffee being too hot, something that needs to be corrected. There are also complaints that are under the surface that a relationship has been built conversations and communications to be had. Good, bad, or indifferent, those are complaints. Concerns tend to have more of a focus beyond oneself. Frequently, the issue may impact the one sharing the concern. So it's not about the person receiving the concern, but the person who is distributing the concern. But there may be also worries about the results on others in the organization or the community, the community. The tone of voice between complaints and And concerns. We'll get to criticisms in just a few. Complaints are usually communicated with a very negative tone uh, and attitude. Not always, but usually. They may have an aspect of blame. Sometimes they sound angry, while other times they can have more of a whiny tone. Concerns to be communicated in a more controlled way. Although there can be clearly an undertone of worry and anxiety, concerns are typically shared in a calmer, less volatile manner. Time focus between complaints and concerns again Paul Wright writes this complaints tend to focus on the past a decision or action that has already occurred Although it may be a past decision that is affecting their life currently or it is going to impact their near future, the emphasis on the past action or decision seems to imply they screwed up and there's nothing that can be done about it. Concerns may include actions and decisions that have already happened, but the focus really is more about the present and future with an implied message. Isn't there something we can do about this to keep negative results from occurring? Now, what the, the responsibilities between complaints and concerns? Responsibilities. Complaints almost always focus on the responsibility for dealing with the situation on someone else. They or you need to do this. Really, does the complainer accept responsibility for having any part in creating the problem, and as a result, feels no need to offer to assist in resolving the issue? Not always, but it can occur. Like, let's take the bathroom being dirty. If you go to a restaurant and the bathroom is messy. And dirty, and there's a sign that says, please notify a staff employees if this bathroom is not to your satisfaction. So you go up and the bathroom is not clean. Very rarely does someone say, is there anything I can do to help clean the bathroom? Or, and I've, I've seen this happen, but not too often. I notice that there are no paper towels in the dispenser. Can I put some paper towels in the dispenser? Or I notice that there's no toilet paper in the toilet paper holder. Can I go ahead and do that for you? Do you see the tone? Do you see the difference? Concerns initially might be responsibility neutral. The communication is usually primarily focused on the issue of the problem. Or the potential negative result. Who is responsible for the problem? Who should deal with it? Is are issues that are worked out over time as the problem is explored to see what the real root of the problem is? Then discussion occurs about the appropriate action steps to take. Now, the mindset between the two complaints often feel like they're coming from a closed mindset, that the person has already made up their mind and has concluded this is wrong. There's really no room for discussion about the issue. Concerns are usually communicated with a more intriguing or inquiring, I should say, open mindset. I'm worried that if we don't address the the sermon or the clarity of the sermon, then in time you will lose me or... I'm worried that if we don't put more hymns in, then we will eliminate some of the older people's desire for singing worship songs. I don't know. Those are just some off-the-cuff uh, examples. What do you think? Maybe, uh, maybe at the end of it, in, if we don't, the concerns are if we don't, then we, this may happen. But what do you think? See how the conversation flips over through the concerns? I'm worried that if we don't do this, this might occur. Well, what do you think gives the opportunity to to address something? The person shares a perspective but also is asking for input from others. Reactions elicited. Complaints tend to elicit defensive responses from those to whom the complaint is directed because of the style of communicated style of communication and the extreme blame-based wording often used. you never, they always. However, when communicated to the other disgruntled individuals, complaints frequently create supportive and possibly intensified responses. Yeah, not only that, they never. Oh, this just this is awesome. So when it comes to complaints, this is fascinating to me. When you have a complaint in the midst of a community and it's not addressed to Uh, individuals that are directly uh, maybe responsible to fix Um, communication can happen that breeds camps if you will like if X person has a complaint but doesn't want to deal with it to the, the, the direct person that they're complaining or the issues about they'll end up complaining to someone else one to see if their complaint is valid or That there is no validity, but only to get more and more people along the same thought process as them. Interesting. And then the phrase comes up, people are talking. I'm not the only one that thinks this. There are few, there are more, there are lots. Concerns, by the way, Paul writes uh, this, concerns may bring about variety of responses depending on the viewpoint of for, uh, of the other individual. Concerns may bring about a variety of responses depending on the viewpoint of the other individual. Defensiveness may occur if they feel there's an implication that they may be to blame or that they should do something to fix this situation. To totally get it. Um, things can be masked for, uh, as a uh, concern, but it's really a complaint. It's based upon tone and some of the wording in it. But I get this when a concern is brought to my attention. I get defensive when there's an implication involved about blame and we'll get to healthy responses a little bit later in this episode but sometimes an agreement that Paul writes an agreement with the concern and a willingness to take a proactive step to address the concern may also occur you're right that is a potential problem that needs to be discussed who do you think we should talk to about it Paul writes as we uh, actually he finishes up here and and let me just share with this the, the other aspect grievances so you have uh, concerns, complaints, and criticisms. Okay, now grievances are sort of like an official complaint made to a supervisor, official overseeing complaint. Um, uh, we several years ago we had several mi- militia uh individuals come over to Harney County. A uh, lots of uh, it was just a weird time for us in, in Harney County at Burns. We had a a um, several militia groups, the three percenters and uh, oh man my mind just went uh, totally blank um, well a few others, large militia groups came over to our community L- a lot of rigmarole, a lot of hoopla and crazy stuff but my point is this, they came to our community and then being in our community they went to our county sheriff's office and approached the county sheriff with a redress of grievances as laid out in the Constitution. That is something is unfair, or perceived as unfair, or wrong. We have that uh, dress uh, we can redress of grievance. We can officially bring about the actually literally the some militia brought a, a written grievance towards the county sheriff. Criticism that was defined earlier is the expression of disapproval of someone or something based upon a perceived fault or a mistake. A couple of interesting subjective uh, words in that. It's the disapproval of someone or something. You may be critical of someone because a perceived fault that you define as a fault or mistake, it may not be valid. But you can be critical of someone or a decision they have made because they did not fall in line with your perceived correct perception or persuasion. Being critical. Having a critical spirit. Having a place where the, if someone doesn't line up to your measuring stick of maturity – and you raise that measuring stick up against them, and they do not measure up. The three C's: concerns, complaints, and criticisms. A healthy C. See in the Bible, there's a group of people uh, that's that's historically called the Bereans. In Acts chapter 17, verse 10, 11 says the. Ber- Immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Bria, and when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them bra- believed, along with a number of prominent Greek—excuse Greek, me, Greek women and men. So they examined the scriptures daily to see that's a that's a a, a good healthy critical analy- analytical mindset that they received information and they did like fact checking to see what was being taught and said were true Jesus when he had conversations with Pharisees and the Sadducees talking about spiritual measuring sticks who people didn 't ma- meet up to their standards. Jesus used the phrase, have you not read on occasion? When uh, eating with unwashed hands, or he gave an example of the the temple uh, bread, the manna, he says, have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are Innocent, talking about the bread that they, they use in the temple, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 5. Then Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 says, And he answered, Jesus answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning, talking about God created men and women, the beginning made them male and female? But Jesus says, But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? Place of uh speaking into someone about have they not you have read it you have this information but you have not read it that's a that's a uh that's a criticism but regarding the fact in mark twelve twenty six that the dead rise again have you not read in the book of moses in the passage about the burning bush has how god spoke to him saying i am the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob have you not read in the book of moses And Luke 6 repeats what Matthew said about, have you not read about David who was hungry? Paul, in Galatians 2, uh, 11 and 12, gives this perspective of his discussion with Peter. But when Peter came to Anak, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter would eat with the Gentiles, you know, wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. See, there are times in which there is healthy uh, criticism. I would venture to say that most of the criticism, complaints, concerns uh, are usually not necessarily not valid, but they're around the non-essentials. the making mountains out of molehills. Are there validity to the three C's that have been brought to you? Well, let me address this. There's possible motives and reasons of sharing the three C's to you. One, I would say that the person delivering you a, th- a C, a complaint, a concern, or a criticism. First, I'd like to start out with the heart condition. Heart condition. There's probably discontentment. Maybe in their life or maybe what is being offered. If you're in a leadership position or you're working at a, a, a place of employment and you have someone come up to you who is discontented in their life or maybe they're used to receiving some type of product or procedure and they are dissatisfied with what is being offered. Now, there is a level of depthness that maybe in their personal life they are discontented. There's discontentment. They're not settled with who they are in their life. Maybe they're not me. Maybe they're not satisfied with the direction of where the organization is headed. Which brings me to this point. If discontentment may be an element, maybe there's power and control issues. Maybe in the homes, maybe in their home, there's power and control struggles. And so now it's it's sort of festering up in them that they have don't they don't have discontentment. There's lack thereof a discontent and there's power and control in their homes. And so you're you're experiencing the stuff that's happening in the homes, maybe in their marriage. Maybe there's power and control uh, issues in a marriage. Seen this variety of times where the wife is not happy with the relationship in their marriage and so out of that they, they be raise up this loud voice and they become the mouthpiece for not only them but also the husband where the husband is supposed to be the lead and the 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 head and the husband is not so the wife takes upon that role and out of frustration becomes the three c's in delivering maybe in their relationship there's power maybe within the structure in the family maybe they're feeling not listened to maybe within the power and control issues cannot change what is necessary so they begin to gratify what is perceived to change they can change like a deflection like the lack of discontentment there's power and control issues and now they see a possibility of making a move to change what possibly could be changed and they will use that time that energy to simply change whatever that is because there's the power control and discommend. Maybe there's negative Neels. I like this. Negative Neels and negative nellies in your midst. Now, I understand there are some people that are just optimists, realists, and pessimists. There's that, that personality place. That doesn't mean it's all bad and they bring up the three Cs. Again, the heart condition. There's some in my life, I'm a super optimist. I appreciate the realist. I get annoyed by the pessimist. I like to look at things half full. I like to see that, hey, this is where we're going. How can we get there? There's some that are realist by saying, we could get there, but here are some things that we're going to do. The other Some are like, here are the problems that lie ahead if we go down that road. There's an uncomfortable zone. There is places, maybe changes are taking place in the organization, the church, or wherever it is, and things are just moving too fast. Maybe there's bad communication that has transpired and people are unprepared because it's changes and it's uncomfortable or maybe the uncomfortable zone is they simply don't like change is providing you three c's going through some difficult times maybe there's a grief maybe there's a loss maybe there's this frustration and you're the recipient of their frustrations most of the time negativity if you will has nothing to do with the immediate but something that needs to be unraveled the person is basically taking things out on you. Now, there's healthy responses. These require confrontation. And I learned this long ago. It's, very, it's a very challenging but necessary reality. Avoiding conflict makes conflict unavoidable. See, if I receive a, uh, one of the, the, the C's, concerns, complaints, or criticisms, and maybe even a written official of a grievance, my uh, tendency in my responses deal with right away. I get like instead of passive, because that's sometimes my overall personality is passive. I get super. Uh, I address it right away. I want to get on it right now. Let's. I need to deal with it because I know that if things don't get addressed right away, it'll fester. Not only in me, but it'll fester in that opportunity. There's healthy responses. It requires a confrontation. Confrontation sometimes gets a bad rap, often looked at as aggressive, but really it just means the Cs are on the radar, and you want to address it. You want to address a resolve. If needed, put a stop to the potential of the three Cs before it grows into dissension, negativity, and worse, the leaving or removing of the person or persons. When to take it personally? Should we ever take the three Cs personally? Well, if you're a leader, you're a boss, CEO, a pastor, head of a ministry, working at a retail store, maybe working at fast food, it's hard not to take some of these personally, especially if you are involved with some of the decisions that the individual is bringing up out of the three C's. Now, we've got to remind ourselves about the possible motives earlier in our discussion. There are some that are jealousy, that are jealous, excuse me, envy. They don't like what's going on, as mentioned earlier. They don't like you for a variety of reasons, whatever that may be. Maybe they want your job. Maybe they believe that not only you're not doing a satisfactory job, but they could do it better. However, how you dress, excuse me, the situation will determine your personality, line of work, and protocols that are set before you. If you're a leader, boss, pastor in which you oversee people, confronting the circumstances are the things that keep us up at night, develop ulcers, and create unhealthy eating and lifestyle habits. Reminder, working with people can be messy, right? Have you built a strong enough relationship with people to hear the heart over the loudness of the seas? See, that's super important. If you have a deep relationship with individuals, then the communication uh, can go, uh, it can lay lay on a plane, if you will, to address the seas and know the heart of the person. Have you built a strong enough relation with people to hear the heart over the loudness of the seas? See, this is where communication or lack thereof is a key component of the three C's. Either there's a preexisting strength and evidence of communication or to deal with the three C's is a key component of resolve. You're going to have to communicate. You're going to have to have some type of strong communication. Hopefully you build that in to the in the people before church. I pastor at one of the things that I have tried to instill as a minister is that we value relationships. We want to get to know people. See, th- I think that's a, a huge uh, barrier, but also can be a very good tool, a healthy tool, that we get to know people, and people get to know me. Instead of dealing with the three C's through other avenues, we can have a very, very good conversation regarding the C's. We have developed leadership that uh, assists in such. There's, there's types of... Uh, season that come up that are coverts they're anonymous sources to be broadcast as big Cs like some several people have come up to me or wouldn't it be it wouldn't be a big deal if it was just one person so the three C's can sometimes be masked with an uh, a, a nominidity. yeah you know what it is. Most of the time, the validity, depthness, and content of the complaints are usually benign and have surface issues and don't get much traction nor a response. Basically, sometimes they just get ignored. Even though that in the midst of a wind, how what's the healthy places respond? Sometimes they just simply are out in left field and it's just like, what? We already dealt with that. I'm not going to entertain that. The enemy wants to create a divide in between because dissension, negativity, and division. If a person or a group continues after addressing, maybe a, a biblical addressing or or accountability, then a suggestion of going to another church that falls along the lines of what they're looking for, uh, maybe a, a response. Is that the first response? Absolutely not. Is that the last response? Probably the very last one. Goal is to reconcile, to deal with this stuff on a healthy plane. But sometimes you just have to say, well. The three C's that are continually being brought up over and over and over and over again. It's just apparently we just can't work through. So based upon the fruit of the person, they're communicating. Number one, they're not happy. They're discontented of what is being offered. They see the fault rather than the blessing, which then breeds about negativity, dissension, and division. So maybe it's time to buy your product from somewhere else. There are plenty other organizations, businesses you can experience that has a better product. Maybe it's time. My father-in-law, who I'll loosely quote, he usually uses opinions, but I'll just use complaints. Complaints, everyone has armpits and butts. Nobody wants to smell them voluntarily. Everyone has complaints, but no one wants to hear them voluntarily. Always learn. In every circumstance, there's something to learn. You will learn something about you, maybe the individuals. You'll learn about God. You'll learn about people in every circumstance. Keep these moments in your long-term memory. Ask yourself, what can I learn? Is there any truth to the three Cs? And if there are, if there's a hint and a smell of truth or validity, what can you do to change, adapt, to address it in your own personal life? Guaranteed, you will experience a similar situation. This is not my first rodeo, but in order to have more rodeo experience, you've got to experience the rodeo. Some will have to experience their first rodeo, while others are experienced rodeos, and they are rodeo attendees. But yet each rodeo will be different. James chapter 5 verse 9 reads this. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Some translations will input murmur. Do not murmur against one another. Do not grumble against one another. So, if that's you, stop. If you are the recipient of the grumbling, continue to have a softened spirit of how God can use you in circumstances that are tough and messy. You have the confidence to approach it. remember, Avoiding conflicts make conflicts unavoidable. This concludes our episode. If you thought this podcast was thought-provoking or you enjoyed the content, please click on the like button. If you know someone who could benefit from this podcast as well as content, go ahead and share Minister's Life and Work bobyunker.substack.com